Chapter Twenty Seven of the Wild Huntress. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John Brandon. The Wild Huntress by Thomas Maine Reed. Chapter Twenty Seven. Yes, yes. Towards the interior of the hut, hallowed by such lovely presence i continued to direct my glances with an occasional side look noting the movements of the two men whatever had been the exciting topic of discourse but the moment before i saw that it was now changed and that i was myself the subject of their conversation this i could tell by their looks and gestures evidently bearing upon me and my business conscious that i was observing them and as if desirous of conferring more privately they passed round to the rear of the cabin where for the time they were out of my sight as well as hearing so far from regretting this movement it was just what i desired it left me free to continue the pleasant espionage in which i had become engaged knew more boldly my eyes explored the dark interior of the hut more freely roamed my glance along the interstices of the logs gladly should i have gone up to the doorway fain would i have been to enter had i not been restrained but delicacy and something more stood in the way and i was forced to keep my ground again i saw the bright form flitting within gliding gently across the floor as if on tiptoe and by stealth the young girl stood for a while near the back wall of the cabin close behind this the two men were conversing did she go there to listen she might easily hear what was said i could myself distinguish the voices and almost the words she remained motionless and as well as i could judge in an attitude of attention her head lowered and her body bent slightly forward i was forming conjectures as to her motive when i saw her moving away from the spot in another instant she appeared in the doorway this time evidently with some design as her manner clearly betokened for a moment she stood upon the stoop fronting towards me but with her face averted and her eyes by a side glance directed towards the rear of the hut she appeared to look and listen as if noting the position of the men and then seemingly satisfied that she was not herself observed she suddenly faced round and came running towards me taken by surprise a surprise mingled with sweet satisfaction i rose to my feet and stood silently but respectfully awaiting her approach i had acted with prudence in not speaking for i saw by her manner that the movement was a stolen one moreover the finger raised for an instant to her lips admonished me to silence i understood the signal so piquantly given and obeyed it 
in another instant she was near near enough for me to hear her words delivered in a half whisper she had paused before me in an attitude that betokened the fear of interruption and before speaking again cast behind her another of those unquiet looks brave stranger said she in a hurried undertone i know you are not afraid of my father but oh sir for mercy's sake do not fight with him for your sake i said interrupting her and speaking in a low but impressive tone for your sake fair lillian i shall not fight with him trust me there is no fear i shall bear anything rather than hush said she again motioning me to silence at the same time glancing furtively behind her you must not speak you may be heard only listen to me i know why you are here i came out to tell you something i listen father does not wish to quarrel with you he has changed his mind i have just heard what they said he intends to make you a proposal oh sir if you can please agree to it for then there will be no trouble i hope there will be none for you fair lillian i shall agree to it whatever the conditions be can you tell me what proposal he intends making me i heard him say he would sell oh mercy they are coming if i am seen the murmuring words were drowned by the louder voices of the men who were now heard returning round the angle of the wall fortunately before they had reached the front of the cabin the young girl had glided back into the doorway and no suspicion appeared to be entertained by either of the clandestine visit just paid me on rounding the corner the stranger stopped the squatter continued to advance until within a few paces of where i stood then halting he erected his gigantic form to its full height and for a moment confronted me without speaking i noticed that his countenance no longer bore signs of angry passion but on the contrary betrayed some traces of a softer feeling as of regret and contrition stringer said he at length i've two things to propose to ye and if ye'll agree to them there's no need why you and i shed quarrel least of all plug one another we bullets as we were a-gwine to do a minute ago name your conditions rejoined i and if they are not impossible for me to accept i promise you they shall be agreed to with lillian in my thoughts they would be hard indeed if i could not square with whatever terms he might propose they ain't impossible neither um they're only just and fair let me hear them and believe me hickman holt i shall judge them most liberally fust then you called me a coward you take that back willingly i do so for good and now for t'other proposal i have to make i don't acknowledge your right to this clarin i've made it and called it my own as a sovereign citizen of these united states 
and i don't care a cuss for preemption right since i don't believe in any man's right to move me off o the ground i clared but i ain't so darn particular about this sharp bit another'll answer my business equally as well maybe better and if you'll pay me for my improvements you can take both clarin and cabin and have no more muss about it them's my proposals how much do you expect for these improvements at what sum do you value them i trembled as i awaited the answer my poor purse felt light as it lay against my bosom far lighter than the heart within though that had been heavier but an hour before i knew that the sack contained less than two hundred dollars in notes of the planter's bank and i feared that such a sum would never satisfy the expectations of the squatter wall stranger replied he after a pause oh, worth a good ween of dollars but i shan't valley em myself i'll leave that part of my business to a third individual my friend as stands there and who's a just man and's been some at a lawyer too you say what's fair atween us won't you josh i thought this rather a familiar style of address on the part of the squatter towards his clerical and saint-like friend but i refrained from showing my astonishment oh yes replied the other i'll value the property with pleasure that is if the gentleman desires me to do so how much do you think it worth i inquired with nervous anxiety well i should say that for the improvements mr holt has made a hundred dollars would be a fair compensation a hundred dollars yes in cash of course i mean will you be satisfied with that sum said i turning to holt for the answer perfectly satisfied so long as it's in cash i agreed to give it then all right stranger a bargain's a bargain you can shell out the dollars and i'll gie ye possession afore this gentleman who'll witness it in writing ef you like i want no writing i can trust to your word it was no flattery i felt at the moment that the squatter rudely as he had acted was still possessed of an honourable principle and i knew that under the circumstances his word would not only be as good as his bond but better i made no hesitation therefore but counting out the money placed it upon the stump alongside that curious document impaled there by the blade of the squatter's knife when would ye like to take possession asked the outgoing tenant at your convenience i replied wishing to behave as courteously as possible it won't take me long to move my furniture ain't very cumbersome and i could let ye in tomorrow if twasn't that i have some unexpected business with my friend here say day arter the morrow if you'll come then you'll find me ready to deliver up will that answer for ye admirably was my reply 
all right then i'll ask ye in but thar's nothing to gee exceptin that piece of deer meat and it's raw besides stringer i've some particular business jest now that i'm bleeged to see to oh never mind i shall not need any refreshment till i reach swampville well then i'll bid you good mornin at the same time wishin you luck o oh, your bargain thanks good morning i leaped into the saddle and turned my horse's head toward the entrance of the enclosure i should have given him the touch to go forward with more reluctance for i had not perceived the fair lillian gliding out of the cabin and proceeding in the same direction two or three of the bars had been replaced by the clerical visitor and she had gone apparently to remove them was it simply courtesy or a pretense to speak with me my heart heaved with a tumultuous joy as i fancied that the latter might be her motive when i reached the entrance the bars were down and the young girl stood leaning against one of the uprights her round white arm embracing the post envied piece of timber promise me we shall meet again said i bending down and speaking in a half whisper she looked back towards the cabin with a timid glance we were not observed the two men had gone into the horse shed in her fingers i noticed the flower of a begonia she had taken it from among the golden tresses of her hair her cheek rivalled the crimson of its corolla as she flung the blossom upon the saddle-bow promise me i repeated in a more earnest tone yes yes she replied in a soft low voice that resembled the whisper of an angel and then hearing noises from the house she passed hurriedly away yes yes cried the mimic thrush as i rode on through the tall tulip trees yes yes repeated a thousand rival songsters or were the sounds i heard but the echoes of her voice still pealing through the glad chambers of my heart end of chapter twenty seven recording by john brandon